0: essay twenty of modern essays selected by christopher morley this librivox recording is in the public domain essay twenty the precept of peace by louise imogen guinea Louise Imogen Guinea, eighteen sixty-one, nineteen twenty, one one of the rarest poets and most delicately poised essayist this country has reared, has been hitherto scantily appreciated by the omnipotent general reader. Her dainty spoor is perhaps too lightly trodden upon earth to be followed by the throng, and yet one has faith in the imperishability of such a stardust track. This lovely and profound precept of peace is peculiarly characteristic of her, and reminds one of the humorous tranquillity with which she faced the complete failure, financially speaking, of almost all her books. There was a certain sadness in learning, when the news of her death came, that many of our present-day critical Sanhedrin had never even become aware of her name. There is no space in this brief note to do justice to her. The student will refer to the newly published memoir by her friend Alice Brown. She was born in Boston in 1861, daughter of General Patrick Guinea, who fought in the Civil War. From 1894-97 she was postmistress in Auburndale, Massachusetts. Her later years were spent in England, mostly at Oxford, the Bodleian Library was a candle, and she the ecstatic moth. A certain sort of voluntary abstraction is the oldest and choicest of social attitudes. In France, where all aesthetic discoveries are made, it was crowned long ago la sainte indifférence is, or may be, a cult, and la Saint Indifférent, an articled practitioner for the Gallic mind, brought up at the knee of a consistent paradox, has found that not to appear concerned about a desired good is the only method to possess it. Full happiness is given, in other words, to the very man who will never sue for it. This is a secret neat as that of the Sphinx, to go softly among events, yet domineer them. Without fear, not because we are brave, but because we are exempt we bear so charmed a life that not even balder's mistletoe can touch us to harm us without solicitude for the essential thing is trained falcon-like to light from above upon our wrists and it has become with us an automatic motion to open the hand and drop what appertains to us no longer be it renown or a new hat the shorter stick of celery or the friends to whom we had no natural right the homes that were not destined to be ours. It is all one. Let it fall away, since only so by depletions can we buy serenity and a blithe mien. It is diverting to study, at the feet of Antisthenes and of Socrates, his master, how many indispensables man can live without, or how many he can gather together, make over into luxuries, and so abrogate them thoreau somewhere expresses himself as full of divine pity for the mover who on may-day clouds city streets with his melancholy household caravans fatal impedimenta for an immortal no furniture is clearly a superstition i have little i want nothing all my treasure is in minerva's tower not that the novice may not accumulate rather let him collect beetles and venetian interrogation marks if so be that he may distinguish what is truly extrinsic to him and bestow these toys eventually on the children of satan who clamor at the monastery gate of all his store unconsciously increased he can always part with sixteen seventeenths by way of concession to his individuality and think the subtraction so much concealing marble chipped from the heroic figure of himself he would be a donor from the beginning before he can be seen to own he will disencumber and divide strange and fearful is his discovery amid the bric-a-brac of the world that this knowledge or this material benefit is for him alone he would fain beg off from the acquisition and shake the touch of the intangible from his imperious wings it is not enough to cease to strive for personal favor your true indifferent is early franciscan caring not to have he fears to hold things useful need never become to him things desirable towards all commonly accounted sinecures he bears the coldest front in nature like a magician walking a maze and scornful of its flower-bordered detentions i enjoy life says seneca because i am ready to leave it meanwhile they who act with too jealous respect for their morrow of civilized comfort reap only indigestion and crow's-foot traceries for their deluded eye-corners now nothing is farther from le saint indifférent than cheap indifferentism so-called the sickness of sophomores his business is to hide not to display his lack of interest in fripperies it is not he who looks languid and twiddles his thumbs for sick misplacedness like achilles among girls on the contrary he is a smiling industrious elf monstrous attentive to the canons of polite society in relation to others, he knows what passes for animation and enthusiasm, for at all times his character is founded on control of these qualities, not on the absence of them. It flatters his sense of superiority that he may thus pull wool about the ears of joint and several. He has so strong a will that it can be crossed and countercrossed, as by himself, so by a dozen outsiders, without a break in his apparent phlegm he has gone through volition and come out at the other side of it everything with him is a specific act he has no habits le saint indifférent is a dramatic wight he loves to refuse your proffered six per cent when by a little haggling he may obtain three and a half for so he gets away with his own mental processes virgin it is inconceivable to you that being sane he should so comport himself amiable perhaps only by painful propulsions and sore vigilance let him appear the mere inheritor of easy good nature unselfish out of sheer pride and ever eager to claim the slippery side of the pavement or the end cut of the roast on the secret ground be it understood that he is not as capuan men who wince at trifles let him have his ironic reward in passing for one whose physical connoisseurship is yet in the raw. That sympathy which his rule forbids his devoting to the usual objects, he expends with some bravado upon their opposites, for he would fain seem a decent partisan of some sort, not what he is, a bivalve intelligence, Troy tyrie he is known here and there for instance as valorous in talk yet he is by nature a solitary and for the most part somewhat less communicative than the wind that sings to himself as he makes stride lonely and terrible on the andean height imagining nothing idler than words in the face of grave events he condoles and congratulates with the genteelest air in the world in short while there is anything expected of him while there are spectators to be fooled the stratagems of the fellow prove inexhaustible it is only when he is quite alone that he drops his jaw and stretches his legs then hi ho arises like a smoke and envelops him becomingly the beautiful native well-bred torpidity of the gods of poetic boredom of the oxford manor how weary stale flat and unprofitable sighed hamlet of this mortal outlook as it came from him in the beginning that plaint in its sincerity can come only from the man of culture who feels about him vast mental spaces and depths and to whom the face of creation is but comparative and symbolic nor will he breathe it in the common ear where it may woo misapprehension and breed ignorant rebellion the unlettered must ever love or hate what is nearest him and for lack of perspective think his own fist the size of the sun the social prizes which with mellowed observers rank as twelfth or thirteenth in order of desirability such as wealth and a foothold in affairs seem to him first and sole and to them he clings like a barnacle but to our indifferent nothing is so vulgar as close suction he will never tighten his fingers on loaned opportunity he is a gentleman the hero of the habitually relaxed grasp a light unprejudiced hold on his profits strikes him as decent and comely though his true artistic pleasure is still in fallings from us vanishings it costs him little to loose and to forego to unlace his tentacles and from the many who push hard behind to retire as it were on a never guessed at competency richer than untempted kings he would not be a life prisoner in ever so charming a bower. While the tranquil Sabine farm is his delight, well he knows that on the dark trail ahead of him even Sabine farms are not sequacious. Thus he learns betimes to play the guest under his own cedars, and with disciplinary intent goes often from them, and hearing his heart-string snap, the third night he is away rejoices that he is again a freed man where his foot is planted though it root not anywhere he calls that spot home no unitarian in locality it follows that he is the best of travellers tangential merely and pleased with each new vista of the human past he sometimes wishes his understanding less that he might itch deliciously with a prejudice with cosmic congruities great and general forces he keeps all along a tacit understanding such as one has with beloved relatives at a distance and his finger airily inserted in his outer pocket is really upon the pulse of eternity his vocation however is to bury himself in the minor and immediate task and from his intent manner he gets confounded promptly and permanently with the victims of commercial ambition the true use of the much-praised lucius carey viscount falkland has hardly been apprehended he is simply the patron saint of indifference from first to last almost alone in that discordant time he seems to have heard far-off resolving harmonies and to have been rapt away with foreknowledge battle to which all knights were bred was penitential to him it was but a childish means and to what end he meanwhile and no man carried his will in better obeyance to the scheme of the universe wanted no diligence in camp or council cares sat handsomely on him who cared not at all who won small comfort from the cause which his conscience finally espoused he labored to be a doer to stand well with observers and none save his intimate friends read his agitation and profound weariness i am so much taken notice of he writes for an impatient desire for peace that it is necessary i should likewise make it appear how it is not out of fear for the utmost hazard of war and so driven from the ardor he had to the simulation of the ardor he lacked loyally daring a sacrifice to one of two transient opinions and inly impartial as a star lord falkland fell the young never-to-be-forgotten martyr of newburgh field the eminent deed he made a work of art and the station of the moment the only post of honor life and death may be all one to such a man but he will at least take the noblest pains to discriminate between tweedledum and tweedledee if he has to write a book about the variations of their antennae and like the Carolian exemplar, is the disciple. The indifferent is a good thinker or a good fighter. He is no immartial minion, as dear old Chapman suffers Hector to call Tidides. Nevertheless, his sign manual is content with humble and stagnant conditions. Talk of scaling the Himalayas, of life, affects him very palpably as Paul talks he deals not with things but with the impressions and analogies of things the material counts for nothing with him he has molted it away not so sure of the identity of the higher course of action as he is of his consecrating dispositions he feels that he may make heaven again out of sundries as he goes shall not a beggarly duty discharged with perfect temper land him in the outcourts of glory quite as successfully as a grand sunday-school excursion to front the cruel paynham foe he thinks so experts have thought so before him francis drake with the national alarum instant in his ears desired first to win at bowls on the devons shward and afterwards to settle with the don no one will claim a buccaneering hero for an indifferent, however the jesuit novices were ball-playing almost at that very time three hundred years ago when some too speculative companion figuring the end of the world in a few moments with just leisure enough between to be shriven in chapel according to his own thrifty mind asked Louis of gonzaga how he on his part should employ the precious interval well, i should go on with the game said the most innocent and most ascetic youth among them but to cite the behaviour of any of the saints is to step over the playful line allotted indifference of the mundane brand is not to be confounded with their detachment which is emancipation wrought in the soul and the ineffable efflorescence of the christian spirit like most supernatural virtues it has a laic shadow the counsel to abstain and to be unsolicitous is one not only of perfection, but also of polity. A very little non-adhesion to common affairs, a little reserve of unconcern, and the gay spirit of sacrifice provide the moral immunity which is the only real estate. The indifferent believes in storms, since tales of shipwreck encompass him but once among his own kind he wonders that folk should be circumvented by merely extraneous powers. His favorite catch, woven in among escaped dangers, arises through the roughest weather and daunts it. Now strike your sails, ye jolly mariners, for we come into a quiet road. No slave to any vicissitude, his imagination is on the contrary the cheerful obstinate tyrant of all that is. He lives, as Keats once said of himself, in a thousand worlds, withdrawing at will from one to another, often curtailing his circumference to enlarge his liberty. His universe is a universe of balls, like those which the cunning oriental carvers make out of ivory, each entire surface perforated with the same delicate pattern, each moving prettily and inextricably within the other. And all but the outer one impossible to handle. In some such innermost asylum, the right sort of daredevil sits smiling while men rage or weep. End of essay twenty.